everybody. Welcome to Older and Wiser. I'm Bob Bates in Los Angeles, and joining me once again is my good friend Susan Sakura up there in Northern California where she's been binge-watching everything oh. she can on television. If this is any um, indication of what the new year is going to be for me, <laughs> I might as well get a job uh, as a TV critic because not that I would have anything useful to say to anybody, and I would also have to tear myself away from watching to actually sitting and writing something probably. Got it. So you yeah, planted been yourself in the couch, basically, for yes. weeks on end. Oh, yeah. So uh, yeah. you've recently gotten new access to... Amazon Prime, I believe, Netflix, perhaps Hulu. What is it you're watching these days? Um, don't have Hulu, but I have watched. Let's see. I binge watched um, since we last spoke, which was last year. Um, Ted Lasso watched all of you it. You loved it? Liked it a lot. Yep. I really did. Yes. I um, I can't wait for the next season to start. I watched the whole thing. Yeah. Um, I binge watched something that was kind of i i did see did i tell you this last time i saw the marvelous mrs Maisel? yes now that's a that's been out for a while but loved i loved it i figured you would like that oh. she's a little bit like you <laughs> she's a lot better mrs um, Maisel's a little bit like a yeah, young susan I, sakura it's a stylishly produced uh pr production as well it what, is what else you what else you've been binging um, you know what I been? This is interesting. You know what I binged? Um, I had watched it in the beginning, and then I lost track of it. I think because some personal things were happening, and um, and then I kind of got back into it for the fourth and fifth season, and that was Insecure. Interesting. And I watched the. Um, I watched not only the last season, which I really liked. The fourth season had me crazy because that's when um, the main character Issa, her boyfriend. Lawrence tells her that um, the other girl is going to have his baby and she's pregnant. And I was I was not a nervous wreck, but I was concerned for Issa for a whole summer. <laughs> I thought, what is she going to do? And he got this job in San Francisco. That's anyway, the problem when you binge an, a, 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 an episode and then the whole season, then they leave you with a cliffhanger, and then you get to worry about it through the summer. I know, and I thought, what's she going to do? It's a popular series. Um, I'm glad you mentioned it. Uh, we'll, I like we'll what she did. I, I like what she did, out. and I liked her. She's likable. She's one of these people that you say, do I like this character? Do I care about this character? And you I did, do. and I wanted to know what happened to her. Yeah, I know so, for okay. sure you've been jumping on being the Ricardos, because you oh. are the original... Lucille Ball fan, uh, the original I Love Lucy fan. I gotta, I got, I gotta ask. What, what did you think? Um, I loved it. Yeah, I thought it was great. Now it addressed some things. It went over the space of of a week. Um, they say it's which sort I thought of, was an interesting way to do it. Yes, uh, many I did too. people have uh, done uh, depictions of the I Love Lucy show and the all the characters and so forth. I, I'd never seen it done quite this way, where it was really all about this one particular episode and the week in which uh, she was being accused of being a, a communist and the headlines came out in the paper. But there were other things they addressed, things that you had heard um, here, or that I've heard well, through the years uh, from other people who are also um, I Love Lucy devotees. And it was things like, oh, do you know that uh, they always wanted Ethel to look a little frumpier and heavier than Lucy? That was addressed. Yeah. Um, there were things about the um, relationship between Lucy and Desi Arnaz uh, and also um, how much different she was off camera than on. A friend of mine who watched said, I didn't like it as well. I said, why not? And she said, well, I just didn't think Nicole Kidman played the part as funny in this. I said, 
Are you talking about Lucille Lucy, Ball? Right, or, uh, or are you talking about Lucy Ricardo? Lucy Ricardo. Because exactly. Lucy Ricardo was a character, and I thought they did it, but they didn't spend the bulk of time on recreating the scene. They talked about what happened going into it and what a complete uh, brilliant woman Lucy was well, in terms of what's funny and what's not. And Nicole Kidman what did not just she she did not look like Lucille Ball, but that's okay because after a while you kind of forget what the original Lucy looked like and you are believing that Nicole Kidman mm-hmm. is is Lucille Ball. She well, won a, um, a a Golden Globe for her performance. Yes. Do you think it was deserved? Um, I, you know, I, I'd have to go back and see who else was uh, against her, and I really hate it when mm, I say against, you know, okay. competing. I don't know, but I, I, yes, I thought she nailed it um, because I was one of these people, like Insecure. I went in with a preconceived notion of Nicole Kidman as Lucille Ball. I don't think so. You, you know, it doesn't. Know, that was work. my first thought as well. And once I got over that, yeah. and I said, okay, in the first 10, 15 minutes, it was like. Yeah, all right. She's Lucy. Let's go on. All right. Well, let's get started today uh, with just some items we've come across in publications uh, in various places across the Internet. Um, First of all, this first one comes to us from tastingtable.com. And the headline is just just spoke to me because I do this all the time. The question is, is it rude to season your food before (laughs) tasting it? I cracked up when I saw this. Yeah. I have to say. It is probably one of those things that so many husbands and wives argue about, right? I heard this at the dinner table when I was a little girl, not from my mother to me. And I don't even know if it was to my father, but with the three of us were sitting there and the conversation was, she knew somebody, she never told me who it was, um, who the wife decided that if the salt was used on the meal that this was an insult to yes. her cooking. Yes. And I thought, what? Well, I, I, I think when she puts the plate down in front of her husband and he immediately reaches for the salt and covers mm-hmm. it with, with salt, the indication is, uh, and the suggestion is that, honey, you didn't put enough salt in this. I know you. You never put enough salt in this. So I'm going to put enough salt in this. Yep. But go to the go to the uh, go to the piece and the survey and what it said. It wasn't it Thomas Edison. Right. Well, that's that, yeah. That's an interesting story. Uh, Thomas Edison, uh, according to the, sto- the, the 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 folklore, is that when he was trying to hire a lab assistant or somebody who was going to work for him, he'd take him out to lunch order soup, and if this person who was applying for a job salted the soup before tasting it, he, he wouldn't hire that person because, because, and the way he put it was that it, he wanted people who were curious and would evaluate a situation first. Which is right. What You're just assuming do, right? if you start using the salt first, I, I agree with this, by the way, I think this is pretty brilliant. I don't know if it actually uh, resulted in fabulous hires for him, but <laughs> I think it makes sense because if you salt something before you even taste it, you don't know if it's too salty. Well, you don't unless you are married to the person who prepared it, in which case there is some scientific research that gives you information in advance. For example, you know that if your wife made this soup, uh, and she's the same soup she always makes, you're probably more likely to need to salt it because you have a history of eating her soup. So here's my take on this. If your <laughs> wife puts salt, puts soup in front of you, you should taste it first. Yes. 
I like these potato chips. They are made by one company and you cannot find, you can only find them in one store usually. No salt potato chips. Mm, no salt. I know. Good. See, everybody, and that's the reaction I get from everybody when I mention it. They go, ew. And I'm thinking to myself, do you like potato chips or do you like salt? Because in that case, I have a can of Morton salt here that you can have. I'll give you a spoon and go at it. Yeah. Um, I don't like things too salty. And I don't really add salt to most of my cl- my food. And I haven't Well, it's years. not good for us, to be honest. No, it's not. And it's not. In fact, I look at the sodium. We've to it because we, we've done it so long. We just want, yeah. we want salt. Too much salt oh. is very bad for us. It is. And do you find yourself looking to see what the what the sodium content is in um, no. even prepared foods or I frozen sort of foods? Don't wanna, I sort of don't want to know because yeah, I do enjoy... you don't want to know because it's high. I like my salt. I like my salt. Yeah. Well, it's either salt, fat, or sugar, so... You know, uh, according to this two. article by Misconduct in TastingTable.com, there are some guidelines for when you can and shouldn't salt your food. Um, apparently, if you are going to a restaurant where salt and pepper shakers are already on the table, it's a pretty good sign that you can salt with with ease and fearlessness. You can just go ahead and do it whenever you want. Uh, breakfast in particular is one of those places that nobody cares whether you add salt to anything. Got to personally, just eggs. Got to have salt on your eggs, just bottom line. So nobody could complain that you have you, your, your eggs weren't salty enough when delivered to your table, right? Uh, on I don't, the other I don't hand, add it. Go ahead. Uh, a white tablecloth establishment is a very different thing. So if you go to one of these really fancy restaurants where they've got one of these renowned chefs, uh, it's considered uh, rude to salt your food when it's brought to the table. It, uh, either rude or just a little uneducated in the world of food. Chefs that are really, really good, many of them, not all of them, can be very egotistical, and maybe rightly so, because they're brilliant chefs. Um, so they feel that what they put in front of you is perfect. First of all, I have to say, the chef usually is not standing over you when you're eating something. That's the true. The chef is someplace else preparing the meal for somebody else. Um, I, I, I don't see it as an insult, but again, I'm not somebody who reaches for the salt shaker. I feel like if you go to an expensive restaurant and you're, you're paying a qualified chef to prepare something nice, maybe, just maybe, you ought to taste it before you start adding sriracha or salt or anything to it. Just give yeah. it a shot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. also, it might, be, it might be an indication also that your taste buds have changed, maybe just for a natural process of aging. And it might also be that something is off. Uh, one of the signs of COVID in the beginning was you'd lose your t- sense of taste. So that may be a sign that if you need salt right away, um, you might want to look at that need and what oh, it's... Oh, interesting. It could be a medical condition. I never I thought about that it, before. You know, to me, salt and pepper shakers, I have some cute salt and pepper shakers, but um, I have to say, to me, they're ornament more than anything. I rarely... The only time I put them on the on the table is if I have company. Otherwise, have a, I don't we, use it. We have a friend, uh, a Nikki, who actually collects salt and pepper shakers. And she has so many that when she invites you for dinner, each person has their own little set of salt and pepper shakers oh, at their cute. at their at their place which i thought yeah. was kind of a clever idea that's and of cute. course by the way um you know anytime you're going out with a a potential employer uh to a nice restaurant 
you're going to make a better impression if you at least taste the food in front of you before yeah. you start Yeah, if they shake. get you a $50 piece of filet mignon and you say, can you pass that salt shaker in here? So, I really want this job. Yeah, you better be really good at the job that they're hiring Forget you for. Uh, they may yeah. not overlook that. All right, next, uh, we've got a piece from uh, Livestrong.com. Here was the headline, um, Surprising Thing You Should Do Every Day If You Want to Age Well. First of all, don't you hate those kind of headlines? Yes, they, I do. Yeah, where they say, uh, this vegetable could be on your plate right now and could kill you tomorrow. Read more. You know, I hate that. <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? I've stopped biting because I know, and you know this too, having worked in television as we both did for years, and this much has not changed. It's only gotten worse. It's called a tease. It's a tease, man. I, you'll see it all the time on, on the Internet. Uh, news stories. I read a lot of news on my phone, mm -hmm. and I realize that you get one of those headlines, I got to figure out what it is I have to do every day to keep myself from aging, and I scroll. And they're yeah. telling you all the a lot of stuff. There's paragraph after paragraph after paragraph before they finally get to the, the thing that they're trying to tell you. So I get it. Yeah, it's a little things like routine. things like, and you know why I'm telling you this? I don't want to yell back. I don't care. Just I tell me what care. it is. Get to the point. The other the other thing they do on the internet is those things where you got to uh, hit read more or next. You got to click the little arrow to go to the next page, <clears throat> and there's more ads on the next page, and then so they, uh, it's a whole I've scam. Gotten, I've gotten pretty um, moderately spectacular at deleting that because I see right away. Yeah. And they all do the same thing. They think they're giving you something and they don't realize it's not in a vacuum or maybe they do and they don't care. But you have to be aware of the fact that everybody else is doing the same thing. So if you're getting this all day long, you've gotten smart. I delete things right away. If it looks like it's asking me for money, I'm thinking, go to somebody who's got money. Don't ask me. You know, that's it. Goodbye. Yeah. And don't waste my time. Well, I don't think the folks from Livestrong were doing exactly all of that. Uh, but uh, they did post this little article, which I thought was pretty interesting because they said right up so, at the top, the thing you should do every day if you want to live longer is to sit on the floor. Oh, I saw this. Do you ever sit on the floor? Do I ever? I used to when I did yoga. Um, now that I binge watch TV, forget it. I want to sit where it's comfortable. You gotta be I'm going to be couch. there for hours, if not days. <laughs> you need um, to be reclined as comfortably as possible. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I don't sit on the floor. That's why I have a couch. Uh, I want to get a new couch, but I don't want to get a new couch until I can get the old couch out okay. and get the new couch in. According to Because this, I don't want to sit on the floor. Uh, sitting on the ground can help you live longer and stronger. Um, research in the European Journal of Preventing Cardi Preventive Cardiology found that the ability to get up from the floor is a significant predictor of longevity in people ages 51 to 80. So part of it is not just the actual sitting on the floor, but the, the process of getting up and getting down onto the floor um, is therapeutic, but also it is also indicative of your, your health. It's also embarrassing now trying to get up. It's embarrassing. I have to tell you, I can yeah. get up, but it's ugly. Well, you got to, yeah, if you've got to kind of roll over onto all fours and then well, get, a, get, a, get your walker out and climb up the walker. It, 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 we're not there yet, but it's, it's good to have the wing chair nearby, you know, <laughs> lean uh, on something that doesn't flip over. Exactly. Getting up and down helps your balance and your coordination. And, That's probably true. Uh, yeah. Sitting on the floor also encourages you to sit more upright. Uh, yeah, I think over. so. 
Yeah. In yoga class, when we sat upright, and if you sat if you sat in the lotus position, which is basically cross-legged, if you don't do yoga, um, you do tend to sit upright. Yeah, they say you should. Um, if you do sit on the floor, you should avoid slouching, sit upright, and squeeze your shoulder blades together as mm -hmm. best you can. Mm -hmm. It's uh, probably good, especially for older folks, to sit on a small pillow or a towel because it's probably pretty uncomfortable on your on the back of your uh, spine. Uh, you know what was comfortable if that was the case, and sometimes that was in yoga. You would sit on a block. There was a block oh, that you would like use. a wood block. A wood block. Uh, not wood. It was usually some kind of a styrofoam or rubber kind of thing, heavy, ah. so it wouldn't collapse. You'd sit on it, and um, and it raised you just a couple of inches your back, so that you would put it kind of on the back uh, under your spine and your rear end. Uh, they also recommend that you. Uh, Try to move your legs. Like, if you're going to sit on the floor, don't stay in one position too long. Switch from maybe crossing your legs to putting your legs out in front of you to maybe sitting with your feet flat on the floor and your knees bent, something like that. Like, rotate yeah. those uh, positions so your legs don't get... I think any sentence with the word move in it applies across the board uh -huh. these days. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to a recent survey that reveals America's best and worst leftovers. <laughs> yeah, we're going right into... Ask me what I had for breakfast this morning. <laughs> what did you have for breakfast this morning? Leftover slice of cold pizza. And I oh. had it cold intentionally. I did warm it up a little bit because mm. I thought this is going to come up in the conversation and I have to know the difference. And it was a little better warmed up. I threw it in the microwave for like, I don't know, 30 seconds or something. But uh, cold pizza and cold pasta, which horrifies a lot of my friends and most of my family, no. I'm sure. No, 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 no. It's good. It's good. Cold it pizza is, good. is delicious. I like I'm it too. Sorry, but it's very good. Yeah. And a lot of people love cold pizza. Cold pasta. Well, listen. There's a pasta salad, which is cold. So there's there's a That's precedent true. for eating cold pizza, which I mean cold pasta, which makes some sense. And also, by the way, things like soup and tomato sauce. Uh, for mm -hmm. pasta, um, and I'm sure there's other things, are sometimes better the second day. Oh, I absolutely believe that to be true. In fact, I make chili that I, I, I think is good on the first day, but it's mm -hmm. 10 times better, better as a second. leftover. Absolutely. Yeah. My mother used to say this years ago when we'd have spaghetti, and she'd say that the spaghetti sauce, that she'd make a lot of it, and we might have it the next day um, or the next evening for dinner again, um, and it was better the second day because everything kind of got into, yeah. it was almost like marinating a little longer. These survey participants were asked um, what their favorite best leftovers are, and um, pizza was the number, was, was right up there at the top with 63% mm -hmm. of the respondents choosing that as their pick. 55% um, say they like to save rice and have that the next day, but the number one leftover is, at 70%, is soup. Uh, yeah, well, but, but I think people make soup with the intention of eating it over a period of days. I'm not even sure this qualifies as a leftover. I don't know. But I don't think we're talking about a can of, you know, cream of mushroom or something like that. 12% of that's people say fresh. they never eat leftovers. So that's kind of a small percentage. Why? But I think there are some people. Well, I mean, you know, you eat, you're on the run, you eat what you eat, and then you move on to the next day. I, I, I understand the concept of not keeping stuff in your fridge. And I, actually, I'm surprised that it's only 12%. I would have thought that more people would just say, nah, don't do I, that. I also think there's, a, there's an issue in there, too, about not wasting. I mean, I'm not saying, sure. you know, it's but not 12% of people would be happy to waste. They're fine. 
Yeah, no, yeah. I agree. They do. And they say, you know, there's studies that come out more than once now a year saying how much food we waste while people go hungry. So you do the math on that and figure out how that's balanced because it's not. According to this, the worst things to keep as leftovers, uh, 42% of people say eggs and 33% yeah. say sushi. Um, of course, you would never keep leftover no. sushi. Um, I think egg rolls do not keep well in mm -hmm. Chinese food. Um, uh, what else would you not keep? Well, I think those things that you said. I mean, I don't, I'm not a meat eater. I haven't been for years. Yeah. Um, but uh, the egg rolls probably, and I, when I get an egg roll, generally it's not uh, with meat in it. It's not pork or chicken. It's usually a vegetable egg roll. Yeah. Um, so that would keep. French but fries? I would, you wouldn't eat French fries. Save that. Because, no, no. no are you kidding? Eat. If I had French fries in front of me, they'd be gone. There would be no leftovers. There'd be no leftovers. Yeah, I mean, there. Are, what? What? When you're at a restaurant and you can't quite finish your meal, what do? You, what decisions do you have to make about whether you're going to ask the waiter for a doggy bag or a box? Like, None. Get it. You paid for it. Get it. It's, what and if, they can bring it. You know. I mean, how much food on your plate would you have scooped into oh. a box? Okay. If there's two French fries left, and there wouldn't be, I think we've established that for me, um, I wouldn't bother. I would just eat them or... Also, French fries, I'm not sure I'd take French fries as much as, like, Chinese food. I definitely would take Chinese yes. food. Yes, yeah, they'll because probably, we, they, give, they usually give you more than you need. They give need, you more and, than you need. You always end up with leftover. And it's tasty. And, and yeah. Also, and it's a good leftover. It, it travels. It does. And I tend to uh, ask them just for one box, and I just scoop everything all into one box and let it all mix together. Like, I'll take the, uh, you know, the curry chicken and the mm -hmm. vegetables and whatever, and the brown rice and the white rice, and just throw it all into one container. Sure. Yeah, and you can, and it works. Yeah. I feel bad asking them to bring me 18 different containers so I can have a spoonful of white rice in one and a spoonful of something else in something. Yeah, well, we're yeah. back to the landfill and the waste then again. And also, how many boxes are you going to walk? Are you going to walk out with a big bag of stuff? You might as well say, I'll pick it up and take it to go. It used to be doggy bags were embarrassing that you had to really try to convince the waiter that you had a dog because you wouldn't possibly eat a leftover from the restaurant. It's only for the dog. I think people have gotten over that, don't you? Uh, not only have they gotten over it, they've realized that they're, they're leaving money on the table when they do that. Secondly, I don't remember ever having to convince a waiter I had a dog. And thirdly, get over it, <laughs> which is really the first thing. Get over it. I just it. remember that from the 60s, like sitcoms, where people would 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 they'd want a doggy bag, but they did, wouldn't, didn't want anyone to think that, that they were going to eat it themselves. They wanted mm -hmm. them to think they were going to give it to their dog. Well, then the reality of the cost of living versus wages hit in, and they thought, you know what, I think I'm going to take this because I paid for it, and it'll <laughs> save me money for tomorrow's meal. I mean, it only makes sense in a lot of ways, but that's one. Finally today, we're back to the topic of body image with this headline from Good Housekeeping. I was uh, surprised to see this headline. More than 17% of people would trade years of their life for the ideal body. All right. This is crazy. Yeah. Uh, uh, so. Here's the problem. Are you asking this of people? And I, the problem, maybe they didn't tell you. Is, are you asking this of people who are 25 years old? Or are you asking this of people who are 90? And yeah, there's that that isn't clear here, that's yes. for sure. The other um, thing is this. They said you want, uh, you're trading it for a perfect body? 
Yeah, for an ideal body. So what? okay, I guess you you. Uh, the bottom line is most people aren't really happy with their bodies. Forty eight percent of respondents are unhappy with the way their bodies look and feel. Only six percent uh, feel generally happy with their bodies. Imagine that. Six percent of people said they feel pretty happy about their bodies. That is not a lot. Um, first of all, let me say I think this applies more to women than men. I think most men feel okay about their bodies, and I think you'll find more women trying for the perfection, which probably is never possible. I mean, when you get to a certain age and you think, wow, I used to think this was old. I don't feel as decrepit as I used to see people at this age. I know. Look yeah, you me. look at someone, look at pictures of someone from the 60s who are our age. Mm-hmm. And as decrepit as we may feel right now, <laughs> we look a lot better than they looked in 1965. Well, yeah, there's, yes. A 65-year-old exactly. in 1965 was, you know, uh, in pretty bad shape oftentimes. I have a picture of my mother's, um, is it her grandmother or her great-grandmother? I think it's her grandmother. No, her great-grandmother. I'm telling you, this picture is frightening. You know, she looks about 400 years old, this woman. And I, you know, my joke is she's probably 30, okay? So. Yeah, it's a very different world today. Much different. And that all takes a toll. 11% of the respondents say they'd give up sex in exchange for their ideal body. I think this is counterintuitive. Call me crazy. But if, if you're giving up sex, what if you get this great body and then you've given up sex? I mean, what's up with that? How old are these people? That's <laughs> my know. original question. What? Because if we're talking about people who are in their late 60s, early 70s, early 80s, even 90s, you know, it, it's not about sex. It's about can I can I get up off the floor when I sit down there to make myself feel younger? Maybe, yeah, maybe, you know, we're fortunate. Yeah, okay, I hear you. 25% uh, would trade an entire category of food Uh to have an ideal body. Well, if they would trade that category, they'd probably have an ideal body, I'm thinking. Well, maybe. I mean, if they're going to trade vegetables, that's not the category you right. want to trade. I would <laughs> yeah. trade liver and any kind of red meat. You'd I don't eat red liver, meat. But I certainly would, tra- I would have traded liver any day of the week, and I still would. <laughs> <laughs> Do liver. they even oh. make uh, uh, provide liver as a something you can eat in a grocery store. I, I don't, don't think I've no, seen you're it asking the, the wrong person. If there's a liver section in the grocery store, I haven't been in it ever. All right, time for us to wrap this up, Susan. As always, we ask you what your thought of the day is. What's my thought of the day? Mm. Um, don't salt your food before you try it. Yeah, I love and that. also um, binge watch something you're not sure you'd really. Um, you, you're not sure it's for you. It might give you some insights. It's a great idea. Listen to your friends, too, when it comes to binging. If somebody's been watching a show and they really like it, give it a few episodes. We Uh do the five-minute test. We'll watch it for five minutes. And if it doesn't hook us, we'll click on to the next one. There's just so much out there to watch these days that it's hard to... Hard to spread your time around, you know? Yes, so that is I agree. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, folks. Uh, for all the stuff that matters when you're 50-plus, visit us at olderandwiser.com. And Susan and I will be back next week. By the way, um, if you are listening to us on a podcast platform and you want to see what we look like, oh, my God, I'm not sure you want this, uh, check us out at YouTube. Just search uh, uh, olderandwiser.com, and there we will be, smiling faces, uh, so you can enjoy us uh, (laughs) in living color. With or without glasses. (laughs) With or without glasses. (laughs) But always with lipstick. God gave us lipstick. There you go. All right, folks. See you next time. Bye.